0: With over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making Cast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast episode number 192. Today, we're going to talk all about sketchnoting, doodling, bullet journaling, and exactly what am I talking about? We have a fantastic guest on the show today. A brand new book is gonna be coming out from our friends over at ISTE Publications, talking all about this great stuff. And I am excited to have the author on the show today, Nicole Carter. But before we get into all of that stuff, I want to remind you guys that the summertime is coming. The weather is getting warm. And what are we going to be doing as the school year ends? We just launched a podcast last week with Sue and I talking all about the five conversations that every single instructional coach should be having at this point in time. Please go back and check all that stuff out in our archives over at AskTheTechCoach.com. I urge you guys, have these conversations. Talk to your principals. Talk to your coaches. Talk to your teachers. Heck, even talk to your students. Have these conversations. Ask these specific questions. Let them know that you guys are thinking about not only how this year went as a reflection, but what the plan is for the summertime and beyond. I'm having these conversations with not only my administrators, but with the teachers that I'm working with had a great conversation the other day with our learning with our library media specialist lots of great things that we should be doing even though the weather is getting warm even though devices are being picked up in your district soon this is the time to start planning for next year so check that out that's going to be episode 191 came out last week all about the five important conversations and also while you're over on askthetechcoach.com don't forget to sign up for our instructional coaches group we have got some great things going on not only around the ISTE season but also we're planning some big events for the summertime might be doing some day-long PD might be doing some shorter stuff at night to kind of keep our coaching community alive. We have almost 500 coaches signed up on our uh, Facebook group, and about almost 200 or so in our LinkedIn group. Would love to have you guys there, a part of it. Be a part of the family. Be a part of our professional learning community. Head on over to AskTheTechCoach.com and check out all the great stuff over on there. But let's get to this amazing interview today with my guest. My guest today has been in education since 2004. She's taught geography, history, and she's currently an amazing instructional coach. I want to bring on today, Miss Nicole Carter. Nicole, how are you today? Welcome Hi, to Ask the... Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> Restart. Shut sorry. <laughs> okay.
1: Every- I-, I have to change that somehow because everybody does that.
2: Oh, no. But that's okay.
1: okay. I'm All sorry. Right. No, no, no. I like the energy. We're having fun. (laughs) The kids are still upstairs running around. My wife's going crazy. I'm down here. We're okay. My guest today has been in education since 2004. She has taught geography, history, and currently she is an amazing instructional coach. I want to bring on today Nicole Carter. Nicole, how are you today? Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach. Hi, I'm
2: excited to be here. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Thanks
1: I am. I am so excited to have you on today. Not only are we going to be talking about the upcoming ISTI conference, but you've also got an amazing project coming out with uh, with with, with ISTI. First of all, how are you? How you doing?
2: I'm good. I'm hanging in there. I think I'm on the downhill trajectory from finishing up the book that's coming out and um, getting to kind of enjoy it. Although there's a second half that comes with, you know, writing something like this, which is kind of marketing and making sure that you put up posts and get people excited about it. So it's it's another job
1: (laughs) well let's talk a little bit about that because you know coming up soon uh you have an amazing new book coming out we we're able to get an advanced copy the book is called creative journaling for teachers a visual approach to declutter thoughts manage time boost productivity i love the book i love how clean it is i love how colorful it is i'm so excited to have you on here today tell us a little bit about the book
2: Yeah, thanks. Um, Well, to me, it's kind of a follow up from the other book that I did, which was on sketchnoting. In my head, they're kind of irreversibly linked. Um, I started doing both things at the same time and sketchnoting got better because of my creative journaling or my bullet journaling and uh, vice versa. So It's something that I dove into the deep end with and just taught myself everything I could Um, got incredibly deep into the community of uh, other journalers out there and really helped myself. I think Um, being a person that has ADHD and can tend to get really hyper focused on things, but also at the same time, very disorganized. Mm -hmm. um, This really helped me center some goals for myself and, um, I don't know. Find my system. Find something that worked for me, I
1: guess. Now, now, I'm excited to deep dive into this concept of journaling. You had mentioned sketchnoting in your previous book. I know <laughs> you're going to be doing a great session. Um, you said virtually, I believe, this year. Yeah, I definitely want to deep dive into that. My big question for you is why now? Why is now the time for coaches, for teachers to get into sketch noting journaling why do we want to worry about all this this is just one more layer isn't it
2: yeah it is it is one more layer but i think some of us teachers specifically are really um i think that the type of people that gravitate towards something like this we love all things stationary. We love we love pens. We love uh, stickers and things. Um, we love post-it notes. We love making ourselves some to-do lists. And um, I think this style of journaling is kind of at the intersection of all of those things um, and can really help us not only be like super creative, which I think is just like a serotonin boost for us, um, but it also I think is another way for you to organize your life a little bit better if you're feeling like you're kind of in, in a unmotivated state or on the opposite end, a chaotic state. This is something I think that could really help center people. Um now
1: there I mean, there is there is a difference between journaling and sketch noting. I don't know. Are, yeah. it, okay. Let, let me just clear the air here. Is journaling and sketchnoting similar, different? Are they cousins?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a good thought. I don't know if I've ever thought of it that way before. They're probably more like cousins. Um, I think a lot of the same kinds of doodles and containers and things that I might use in sketchnoting and, you know, bottom line for sketchnoting, note taking and building hierarchy in your notes, like driving your brain to make connections and to see things that are really important to you. Those are all things that fit within this space of bullet journaling or journaling. And um, that is probably the only connection that they really have, Um, the doodling piece and stuff, which isn't a necessity. If you're a person that's sitting there going, yeah, I don't doodle, Nicole. Well, <laughs> That's okay, That it's not a requirement. And in fact, the creator of bullet journaling, uh, his name is Ryder Carroll, yeah. and he has a great TED Talk out there if you're at all interested in this concept. But um, he does a very minimalistic approach, and really it's just these like bullet concepts that are important to him, um, and he's not necessarily taking the creative bent, but uh I think what I found in my research for both sketchnoting and for journaling, the act of doodling, the act of drawing um, is very soothing, very calming. So in today's world, those are those are little pieces and that I, I gravitate towards as much as possible.
1: It, it seems to me, and please correct me here, journaling, bullet journaling, however you want to, you know, sca- there's a there's a purpose. There's a reason. There's some kind of organization, whereas I would describe doodling as. I'm just gonna whatever hits my head. I'm gonna do. Whereas, you know, journaling yeah. is like I'm, I'm taking notes in a in a in a organized yes. way. I mean, I don't want to hinder on yeah. this too hard here, but I mean, no, you know, we, I f- we all see kids drawing pictures. That's not mm-hmm. sketch noting, right?
2: No, yeah, sketch noting is really note taking, and then you're adding those doodles to help your brain like make connections. Um, But I think also, too, when we make the connection to the to the journaling aspect, I think I make to do lists where I can check boxes off and stuff. And then after the fact, I see a blank page, I see space for me to be creative and I'll go back and add some doodles and just let my brain go. Um, The act of being creative like that can can do a couple of different things, depending on your intention, uh, one, like I've said already, it can calm you down and bring out chemicals in your brain that help to, to de-stress you. Um, it can also help you focus. So if you find that you're sitting in a meeting and you've got your to-do list there next to you, which we often do, and you find that your your brain is not actively engaged with what's happening, um, sitting there and doodling a little bit, even if it's just a random things, can actually re-engage your brain maybe give you a little bit of a moment to focus on something else and then reactivate whatever's going on in the meeting um, there's another piece too that that you know actually doing a little bit of meditation a little bit of creativity piece can actually help with brainstorming so I know we're really talking about uh, you know tech coaches or coach in general coaching in general. And that's what I am. And I know that I often have to have conversations with myself or with teammates and really brainstorm. What is our goal? What do we need to do with teachers? What is the next professional development that needs to come out? All of those things, brainstorming, the act of brainstorming, setting goals for myself. I mean, oftentimes, I'm making those goals myself. It's not like I have a boss that's necessarily telling me this needs to happen at this time. So providing spaces, creative spaces for my brain to go when I'm doing that kind of brainstorming is actually really, really helpful and beneficial. The research shows it too. So,
1: What does all of this have to do with instructional coaching? How do you find that this fits into your position right now as an instructional coach?
2: Right. So when I first started doing bullet journaling, um, I was an instructional coach for – for our future ready team. And I had 13 different elementary schools that I was personally responsible for. And I was trying to get out and be with teachers, be in classrooms as much as possible, which meant that like my day to day, drastically different. What I did on Monday looked drastically different than what I did on Tuesday. So what I found was that sitting down and doing my bullet journal, planning out what was happening for the week, Really prioritizing my goals, what I needed to get done, um, and leaving space to make those kind of daily to-do lists really helped center my work for the week, figure out where I was supposed to be in my district at any one day. Um, And it just helped, you know, get a game plan in place for me. Uh, So that was really pivotal, really vital. Yes, I did have a digital computer, you know, Outlook running for me and that was always necessary when i was putting my my layouts and stuff together but there's something about that kind of analog writing it down and being intentional about you know the couple things that i needed to get done each day that made the made made the progress visual for me i don't know if that makes sense
1: it it does is there is there a difference for you between uh writing it down on a sheet of paper on a paper journal and you know we talked about this earlier opening up your ipad and sketching on the digital surface is do you do you feel a difference do you see a difference do you do yeah you, do you draw and then scan things in so you have a hard copy like, like what yes. do you what, I mean I think there's
2: this is such an interesting topic because I think you know first of all it's a billion dollar industry for planners in general not just for teachers but just everybody out there in the world. There's all sorts of planners, pre-made planners that you can buy digital planners. Um, There's different apps you can use. Uh, What I'm specifically talking about is literally the ability to buy a a blank book and make it work for you, create different layouts and spreads that work for you in that particular time. Um, And I think, you know, for anyone that's ever bought a planner in the past and it just didn't work for them. Maybe they tried it in January and then after a couple of weeks it fell off and you go back to it and you, oh, I haven't used this in a couple of weeks. And then you just, you don't have ownership in it. This is something where I'm starting with a blank book. If I miss a couple of weeks, who cares? No one knows, but me, (laughs) I get to keep going. And I don't feel that sense of loss for paying, you know, 40 to 80 bucks on some, you know, pre-made planner. this is a low entry point. Anyone can do it. You could grab a spiral notebook off of your, your bookcase and start doing some bullet journaling. Um, And I know that people listening can't see it. You can, but behind me, I have like 12, 15 different journals stacked up on my bookshelf. And at any one time I can go and pull those off the shelf and flip through them and, you know, see what I was doing a, a while ago. I can look at all of my brainstorm pages, I can look at the last time I went to ISTE because I make packing lists <laughs> <laughs> and stuff like that to, to, I can go back through and look at anything. And um, yeah, there's something tangible about that, that it's on a book on my bookshelf and I can take it down and look at it.
1: it. it it's fascinating for me because as I'm listening to you say that my mind just says, yeah, but I have OneNote or yeah, but I have yeah. Microsoft to do or yeah, but I have Evernote or yeah, I have all of those things. And one of the hardest parts about this is where do you start? And you've, you've got a good answer for this. Cause in the book you had talked about something called the three, two, one, talk to us a little bit about what this is. Cause even though in the book, you're talking years Mm -hmm. You know, I would encourage every coach that's listening to this to, you know, not only finish listening to this episode now, but put this episode on in August, right? (laughs) Like, come up with a plan to figure out how this works so talk to us a little bit about what you call the three two one activity here
2: yeah i think at, at, at the core of this journaling process is the idea of filtering down from big picture um, plans goals and ideas into smaller manageable chunks so um the three two one activity literally is having you think about um you know three years down the line what are some goals or things that you'd like to manifest what whether that's personal or professional for in your district or your building, depending on where you're at. Um, and then, what what could you do within the next two months? What is manageable within the next two months? And then, the one stands for what's something you could do in the next day. Um, so, getting getting your mind wrapped around that filtering concept, big picture to smaller, more manageable chunks. Um, you know, teachers constantly are having to make decisions. Um, we're used to that. We have. Thousands of thoughts going through our brain all the time. So how can we filter in um, what we're doing and be more intentional about it? Yeah there's a caveat here of being uh, you know creative and creating you know from a blank page creating something really fun um but at the core what we're really trying to do is go from big picture to more smaller manageable chunks so
1: and i would assume if you're an instructional coach you know 3 years for an instructional coach is a huge deal right but yes. you might say three marking periods or at the end of the year. And then, you know, maybe by the half year, but I would assume the one is like, what do you want to do the next day? I I'm having a hard time here. Like tomorrow, like you really don't mean tomorrow. You mean like in the near future, I would assume.
2: Sure. I mean, I do it. I do it. I do this like big picture planning, I do big pictures for years in advance, but then I also will look at it from a month's perspective. You know, this month I want to do several things in my garden. Okay. In order to like get my seeds planted, I need to make sure that I amend the soil. That's something I could do tomorrow. That's just one small step I can do tomorrow. Um, so it's like that. Right. And, and, um, You know, depending on where you're at as an instructional coach, you know, you might have to think in a couple of years time. I know for my district, it's so large. It's like steering the Titanic. So I do have to think in larger, big picture items um, and then come back to those smaller those smaller steps. And um, when you set up your journal, you're doing the same kind of thing. You're looking at it from a year's perspective. You're looking at it from a month's perspective. And then you're getting down to a week and to a day and just trying to check off and be as productive as as possible as you can
1: one of the things that i love about the way i keep myself organized and i i call this the dopamine challenge right cuz yeah. i'm i'm a big fan of microsoft to do and every time you check off something you get ding yep. and love it. i want to get a lot of those dings yeah. so translate this for me right what is the dopamine challenge on paper is it is it crossing it off is it it erasing it like what's (laughs) what's the goal here that's going to get you that little that little little high
2: yeah one of the main characteristics or the reason it's called bullet journaling is because you do a little bullet you you figure out a a a A key that works for you. I do little boxes, which is exactly like what you're talking about with your electronic to do list. But I write little boxes for each of my things that needs to happen. When I get it done, I cross it off. And that's my little dopamine thing. Um, At the end of the day, if I don't finish it, then I put a little um, arrow into it, kind of meaning I need to migrate it to the next day. Um, if I look at it and then I realize that even though I prioritized it for the day and it isn't something that really needs to get done, I might even ask myself in the moment, is this something I really need to do? Can I delegate it to someone else? Um, or does it just need to go away? (laughs) Then it doesn't get the arrow. It's just crossed out in general. Um, but the arrow is important. It means I need to move it to, to the next day's work and get it done.
1: So as an instructional coach, would you consider bullet joint uh, journaling, a personal thing are you sitting in the back of a teacher's classroom doodling are you working with a teacher one-to-one and you're like let me draw like how does this work is it i mean i can see the organization right i can yes. see it for personal but does this come into play when you're working with a teacher let's start there
2: it could, it depends on, as this is again where it comes down to, I love the fact that you're coming at it with a blank notebook. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have always mixed both the personal and professional stuff in my journal, um, but I could see as a coach, you could potentially create a, a journal for yourself that is used only when you're going and meeting with someone and creating some specific layouts to ask questions or reflective spaces um, based on being in the classroom. The doodling portion, As I said, for the most part, that's something I come back in and do on a Sunday or something when I'm sitting and watching TV and I have blank spaces in my journal that I want to fill up with something artistic, right? Like it's not necessarily something I'm doing while I'm sitting in the back of a classroom, for sure. Um, there's usually a time and a place. So no, it's more about like, I think setting, setting, setting yourself up for success, creating some questions, some reflective spaces, um, space to create a to-do list, um, but you're right. It could be something done digitally. There's a lot of digital options out there. Um, I think this is another tool in your toolbox to see if it would fit for you. Um, I have tried doing stuff digitally. I've tried using um, different apps on my um on my iPad. There's the, of course, there's like Rocketbook ideas that is a, a bridge between digital and analog that I, I've talked to a lot of people. A lot of people really enjoy using those. Um, Books also came out with their own planner um, mm-hmm. that has pre-designed, you um, Layouts for you to fill in and then do your snapshot, put it into the digital record and then wipe it down um, so you can start fresh the next day. So there's really a lot of choices out there. And there is a section in my book where I talk about like finding the right fit for you. But I think that's why I liked this so much. And it spoke to me because I could um, change it to fit what I was doing as a, as a technology coach for that week. If I was super busy, I might need a page in my journal for every day of the week. If I wasn't as busy, maybe I only use two pages for all five days, right? Like it fits my need at the time and our, our jobs are constantly changing. So that's, I think one of the big pieces that make it so easy and easy to use or easy to start with.
1: My guest is Nicole Carter. The book is called Creative Journaling for Teachers coming out in, uh, still waiting, June, July. We're going to make sure we have all the links over on Ask the Tech Coach for everything here. One of the things that I wanted to ask you about is how do you share this with others? I know you're going to be doing an ISTE session coming up soon, um, but whether it be ISTE, whether it be a professional development session for Mm -hmm. teachers or for Mm -hmm. other coaches, how do you share this how do you teach this yeah i mean i'm still stuck on hey we're at a we're at a coach's meeting i pull out my calendar you pull out your coloring book not that (laughs) i want to say it that way but i mean how do you how do you share that this has a value and a meaning to you
2: right and well, I mean, I've definitely done a couple of bigger sessions at different conferences and things. And usually you find your tribe. People kind of gravitate towards you um, when you start pulling out all of these fun pens and um, stickers and washi tape and stuff like that. They find you. Um, but I, I know that I've sat down at meetings and just had it out so that I could add to my to-do list and people will lean over and say, what is that? That's That looks really interesting. And that will start a conversation. Um, I've started uh, little clubs, after-school clubs with students. Students are super into this. When you start going into communities online, you quickly find out that students from middle school, high school, and into college are using this as their way to organize what they're doing. There's a sense of ownership to it, I think, that is unique to, um, you know, you're creating something that can be, for some people, a piece of art and um, something that you truly value. And, you know, I think that 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 in and of itself is a huge selling point uh, over, you know, buying like a student planner that a lot of schools invest uh, quite a bit of money on, Um that is one thing that I've, I've done, at least with my own child as well, is say, you know, hey, you're really not using this student planner. What if we got out some fun pens? We got out some highlighters. We started marking off when your due dates for things are. Use a sticker here. Use some washi tape there. And the ownership that you have at that point, because you've added these little embellishments, make it something that you won't lose, something that you'll come back to, um, something that you'll uh, use again and again really
1: so if i'm going to be attending your isti session should i have a journal with me are oh, I you going that. to suggest what makes a good journal a bunch of blank pages graph paper what do i look for when i walk into staples
2: Uh, Yeah. Um, Well, you know, the first time you ever start one of these, it could be as simple as grabbing, you know, a spiral notebook. That's something that I talk about quite a bit, at least with student activities. This is something you definitely could do with a student in their spiral notebook, uh, doing some, you know, yearly goals, weekly goals, daily goals, those kinds of things. So you could start with just whatever you have, for sure. Um, And then (laughs) if you decide, hey, I kind of like this. This is something I can get behind. Um, Then you can start looking for journals um, that have usually what people love to use in this Community is something called a dot grid journal. So instead of graph paper, it has tiny little dots. Usually they're a light gray in color and some vary in how dark they are on the page, but they're a dot grid. And um, that's how you create all of your little boxes and bullets and things and create straight lines where there's, you know, previously just a white piece, blank piece of paper. Um, And then you can kind of start to ask yourself how deep. Down the rabbit hole I want to go with this journal. Um, I tend because I can use a journal. Uh, I get through a journal every couple months, mm. <laughs> um, so. I have a hard time spending a lot of money on them um, because I I go through them pretty fast. But I do know that there are things that I constantly look for. I do like a good thicker paper because I don't like when my pens, um, my highlighters or anything bleed through the paper. So I know that's a personal preference for me. So I look for something that has a nice thick um, paper. I do like the dot grid. Um, I like having a little pen loop because I keep a little pen attached to my journal. Um, I like having um, at the back of most of these journals, they have like a little pocket folder so that I can put little stickers or something like that in it. Um, so I like having that. I don't necessarily need page numbers. I don't necessarily need a table of contents at the front. But those are all things that you start to play around with and learn Um, if you need it or not. So there's a lot out there, but I can get a journal for as little as like $12 and um, have it be a really nice quality journal.
1: One of the things that I love about the book is that there's so many supplements to it. I mean, every page almost has a QR code that goes back to resources. Talk to us a little bit about the website that's set up to support this book and what can somebody uh, find when they come and visit?
2: Yeah, and I think we've kind of been touching about touching on this the whole time. This concept of th- this is a very analog something in a very digital world, and I think the thing is is that there's a lot of digital aspects that come into play, even though I am writing in a in a notebook. Um, I love the concept of of mood music. So there's a couple of QR codes that will lead you to some of my favorite curated playlists or um different youtube playlists too even that have you know uh, slow tv or something on it to help get you focused um there's challenges that you can go to and do um i'm trying to set you up so that eat as you work your way through each chapter you get ideas to try yourself so yeah. You can, you know, start with a creative collage at the front of your journal, which is something I do in my journals. Again, that ownership and just unlocking that creativity, Um, because, again, we want to create something that you actually like (laughs) and want to come back and use. Um, And then more more of the brainstorming, the goal planning um, and then starting to think about how to set it up for your daily use. So um, one of the things that I just recently finished, I'm really excited about, and people can go and start too now because it's, it's done, it's finished, it's going, is a 28-day prompt, journal prompt, more reflective writing. It's more writing-based than um, goal-based, but it, it centers around goals too. But anyways, you go and you sign up and it sends you a prompt to get you going in your journal every day. Um, and it's kind of a mindful analysis. So looking at taking a closer look at your current position, your current job, what you want to accomplish with that and breaking it down into more manageable chunks. But uh, that is one challenge, for example. So it's 28 days of prompts that lead you or guide you through some thinking.
1: I'm curious about the archival purpose of this. You just mentioned that you... Um, go through a journal every two or three months or something like that. and you know anybody who knows me knows that my my favorite thing to do is to build something that is searchable, right? so let's say that you're working in a journal and you're working with you know mrs so and so and mr so and so, and then, hey, I ran out of pages. this goes on the shelf. <laughs> How do you know what's over there? I'll I'll add. How do you know what's over there if your journal is at your house? Like, how do you transfer from? You know yeah. where I'm going with this. I'm not coming up yeah. with the right words. But like how, how how it's not searchable or is yeah. it? No,
2: well, no. This is a good. This is a really good question. It's not necessarily super searchable because you know it is on my sh- on a shelf behind me or something um i do make sure i put on the spines you know what months it it took to complete that journal and i can go back and look through it then um As I mentioned, though, there are a lot of digital components that still come into play. I still have, you know, my work calendar. So if I really need to search up something, that would probably be where I started. If I was trying to find when did I do that thing, I probably would search that first. And then if I knew that I had done some sort of um, layout or something, then I would go and try and track down that date in the calendars behind me. So um I don't know. It's more I think when I when I transfer from one journal to the next, if there is uh, pages where I have put some goals down, if there's pages where I have brainstormed because um, there's a whole section where I kind of talk about like creating different collections of pages that always live in all of my journals. And one of them is a series of pages at the beginning that are brain dumps that are just mm-hmm. blank pages for me to write stuff down as it Comes up. So I'll have a brain dump for professional development. I'll have a brain dump for Canvas, our learning management system. I'll have a brain dump, right? Like, so I have these just blank pages. And so as I move from one journal to the next, I'll go over and see what I need in my new journal, that filtering system that I kind of talked about before um it will move with me into the new journal at that point so it's a good way for you to kind of again like reassess what am i actually doing what needs to be taken care of now uh what do i just kind of let go um because it's not important anymore
1: now now before we started the show i had asked you specifically can i challenge you on a few questions so i i have a couple yeah the earlier today i was working on a spreadsheet and, and on a spreadsheet, they have this amazing feature called "Insert New Row to the Left." <laughs> what is the equivalent for you? Like, let's say that you you know you allocate five pages for brain dump, but you need six or seven. And you know these are what does this look like? If you need help me here,
2: yeah. I mean, I think um, anytime I need to create a new page for something. It's a blank journal, so I can do that. It's not, again, like a pre-bought planner where I am set with Mm -hmm. specific printed pages. So even though I might've made brain dump pages at the beginning of the book, if I need to do another one, I still have 80 some pages at the back. I can just make one.
1: Just choose so, the next page. And, yeah. and what do you, what do you do? Page five says go to page seven. Yeah. As-
2: and I, yeah. And uh, that is one of the big components people do use like a table of contents. I don't always use it, but um, that would be another way to like search for stuff. If you were really knee deep in that idea and you were going back and referencing things again and again, then, you know, utilizing that table of context content or um people call it an index as well um both of those would be really helpful in that instance but yeah i would probably just leave a note on my note for myself or typically when i'm doing stuff like that um it's something i'm using at the time and then i complete the project and i move on and i don't necessarily need it again
1: I want to put a bow on this by talking a little bit about students. And you had mentioned earlier that you love working with students. One of the things that is important for students to understand is that the world doesn't need to be digital. One-to-one learning doesn't have to mean lap Chromebook thing you know digital thing yeah you talk a lot in your book about helping kids with goal setting helping kids make sure that they're at least writing down something could you expand on that a little bit why is this important for you as a person as a coach to instill these these organizational concepts onto your students and and what grade would you start in
2: yeah, I mean, I think time management is, is something that, <laughs> that all students need. And um, I think we've seen, at least I know in my area, I'm out in Oregon, uh, we buy planners for students in elementary school. So I've seen third graders using planners in class, and it usually results in the teacher writing something up on the whiteboard and giving the kids Five minutes of time in class or something to to copy what's on the board to what's to what goes in their planner. And then the planner goes away and you never see it again. So this is a way that I think you could really get kids involved. Again, I'm going to use that word ownership. Yeah. Give them access to stickers. What kid doesn't like stickers? Give them access to markers. Start showing the importance of highlighting. This kind of goes back to sketchnoting a little bit as well. We're building hierarchy. Get the kids to highlight due dates. Get them to put in a different color or a different font, um, something that you want to draw their eye to. Um, you know, if we relegate the planner, um, even though we know and we say as teachers planners are important, time management is important, But if all we're ever really doing with kids is having them pull it out, copy something on the board and putting it put it away, then it's not doing what its intended purpose is. Right. So I think the more that we have conversations with students about time management, about (laughs) understanding due dates and things reflection. Right, like we know reflection is a key tool to learning. And to me, reflection is inherent when we talk about goals. Why did I meet my goal? Why did I not meet my goal? What are my actionable items? That is all a form of reflection and thinking about our time and place and what we're currently working on and doing. So I think anytime we can give those skills to students, the better and we're already doing it like i said as early as third grade i've seen kids using planners at school if you're going to spend that kind of money with your building site funds to buy planners for kids but then not really use them (laughs) let's 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 rethink that a little bit is what i'm thinking you know
1: Nicole, I am so glad that you're here because these topics are, you know, they go hand in hand, whether it be the end of the year. I know all of our coaches right now are trying to reflect on what's happening, make those goals, not only for the summertime, but for next year. Yeah, I know personally, this is an episode I'm going to go back and figure out. um, And and, and we'll listen again in August. I hope anybody out there is listening. will make sure that they do that too. What advice do you have for somebody who's – you know, curious.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think if you're sitting at your teacher desk right now, or your your desk, and you're looking around, and if you notice that you have some post-it notes, if you notice that you have, you know, maybe a notebook here and a notebook there with some odd scribbles of notes, um, you're exactly where I was in, back in 2015. You know, I had all of these things all over, but I needed like an organized way to. Kind of attack what I was trying to accomplish. Um, you can start small. You do not need to go crazy um, and do all of the artistic things that you might find out on social media. Um, if you go on to uh, bulletjournal.com, if you go even on to my website, Mrs. Carter if you go on to Pinterest, go on to uh, TikTok, go on to Instagram and just start searching up bullet journal. You'll see that there is a big community out there. Sometimes it can be a little overwhelming because there are people that go overboard and do a lot of doodles and drawing that make it very artistic. But there's also a place for you to find um, organization in a minimalist sense. Um, What am I trying to accomplish? What can I prioritize? And how can I make myself feel more productive by doing those things that I've set out to do for that day, for that week, for that month? you don't need fancy pens. <laughs> you don't need fancy stickers. That makes it fun. I think teachers like pens. Um, and you probably already have a lot of pens, um, but you don't need it. You can start with a spiral notebook and a black pen.
1: The book is called Creative Journaling for Teachers, a visual approach to declutter thoughts, manage time, boost productivity. Three things I know that should be on the list of every single instructional coach this summer and well beyond. My advice to you guys, pick up the book, attend Nicole's session at ISTE, create that first page that says in one year, these are my goals. This is what I want to do. I would assume as an instructional coach, Nicole, do that for every teacher. Like by the I'm time I'm care. done, I want this teacher here. I want, and, and use those, set those goals, figure Huge. things out. You know, we, we talk a lot here about using Google Forms or Microsoft Forms to really keep track of, of how many times you work with somebody and what kind yeah. of activities. Nothing that says that you have to use that. You could certainly use the, you know, one, 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 one slash <laughs> and just keep track of what you're doing with things. I mean, a Google form could easily be a sketch note.
2: Yeah, I, it's, again, it's another tool in the toolbox. If you've tried other things and they just haven't worked for you, they haven't spoken to you, maybe this might be your thing.
1: I want to end with one topic and i'm so excited that this is in the book um using doodles using sketchnoting for things like social and emotional using it for mental health why did you feel that this was something that needed to be in the book how does all of this fit together
2: um I think that there is a lot of things that we're all kind of ruminating on right now in the world today. Um, These are all topics that are kind of near and dear to me. I have gone through the biggest highs of my life and the biggest lows of my life while journaling and to be able to go back and look through and still see myself being productive um, has been incredibly helpful to me. And I wanted to share what that looks like. There's plenty of research out there that talks about why doodling is so therapeutic and good for our mental health. But there's also things out there that talk about this prioritization and goal setting being really good for people with ADHD, for people with um, autism, for people with um, any other kind of, you know, things that might need just a little bit more uh, awareness of the world around you and how you're operating, it, operating in it. Um, but I think more importantly, because this is something that can be unique to you, and again, isn't like a preset planner with layouts and pages already made, you can tailor this to your needs. And I think that that's what's really critical about it. So opening up people's eyes a little bit to um, creating something that is unique to you and your needs.
1: If you have any questions, we would love to help you get connected with Nicole. You can, of course, reach out to us at Ask the Tech Coach and find us on Twitter at Ask the Tech Coach. We will, of course, of course, be inviting Nicole into our instructional coaches group over on Facebook and LinkedIn, where we hope you guys have a chance to connect. And maybe we can do some sketchnoting and journalism, journalism, journaling um, on a Facebook meeting sometime. But, Nicole, where can somebody get a hold of you to learn more about the great things that you're doing?
2: Yeah, I probably post the most on bullet journaling and things on Instagram. and uh, My handle there is Nicole with an H, N-I-C-H-O-L-E 444. And then I'm on the Twitters at Mrs. Carter HLA. And then my website with all sorts of really great stuff is Mrs. Carter HLA
1: One last time, I want to say thank you to Nicole for, for being a guest today, showing us off and Obviously, we would love to say thank you to ISTE Books for, for connecting us and having her on the show today, just as we've had several other great ISTE authors be on the show. All the links are going to be on our show notes over at AskTheTechCoach.com. And on behalf of Nicole and everybody here in the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing
0: your passions with your students.